All right, we are back in the book of Matthew. So I love, this is the graphic that I have online for Matthew. It's just like a door going from one place to another, right? Like a higher place, like we're going, walking to Jesus. And Josiah, um, turn the next slide. This is a graphic that I came up with in Matthew because we're just all a bunch of little sheep needing a shepherd to follow. And I just thought it was kind of goofy and silly, but it shows who we are. We're goofy and silly about to fall in the water, but we need Jesus to rescue us. Amen. So if you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 19, verse, uh, or Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 24. Let me, before we get into it, let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for this scripture. I thank you that we don't have to lay up treasures here on earth. Lord, I pray that you will, um, that you will open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, and that as we look to you, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. And so, Jesus, be with us. We don't want to serve two masters. We want to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Josiah, will you please go to the scriptures there? Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. These are the words of Jesus right after the Lord's Prayer. Do not lay up uh, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So... Uh, ever since I got serious about following Jesus, I would look at this. I mean, I feel like there was bits and pieces of it through my life, but I've had a verse at the center of my prayers and it's it. Well, I've had a number of them, but this is, this is the first one that really caught my attention. It's Psalm 73, 25 and 26. It says, whom have I in heaven, but you, and there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I've riffed off this prayer for a long time now. And there is no one, no thing, no money, no possession, no position, no influence that I desire above the way that Jesus has for me. That is my single prayer. When I first started praying this prayer, I, I, was, uh, I was a little bit scared, to be honest. I was newly married. But in my prayer, I was saying that, Jesus, you are more important than Mo. And I knew that following Jesus was more important than serving Mo and all her needs. Now, Mo also wants this for me. She expects this from me, and she wants this for the same, or the same for herself. But since I've started praying this, there have been a few changes in my life. I've had kids, and now I get to realize that Jesus is more important than my children and, and what they want. I've had jobs, and following Jesus is more important 
than some of those jobs that I've had. And I've had to walk into some really, really scary situations. But in the end, this prayer of whom have I in heaven but you? Because why? Jesus is our everything. Obviously, I don't do this perfectly, right? My kids can attest to that more than, um, and, uh, more than most people. And you won't either, right? However, the greater bent in our lives is to serve and follow Jesus. And I believe that is what he is asking of us. And I want every one of us to follow Jesus at any cost. Because in the end, Jesus wants life for us. And his life in us and through us, even with its ups and downs, with its mysteries that we don't know what tomorrow will bring and its twist when he says, take this step and you didn't, you weren't expecting to take that step. The things we have to give up in order to pick up the cause of Christ for us or the things that we have to pick up in life to walk with Jesus. Our burdens won't be heavy, but sometimes he says, I want you to do this thing. And we get to just do that. The truth is, I want us all to be slaves to the thing of Jesus, the things of Jesus. I use the word slave, but a willing slave is called a bond servant. But we get to do our master's bidding. That's what we get to do here. I want us all, every single one of us, to give up our lives so that we might live for and serve Jesus with everything that we have. That our treasures are truly stored up with with him. And I believe that if we have tasted and seen of the love of Jesus for us, this will be the result that we will follow him. And then we will walk it out and not pick up our old life, but keep following Jesus. And he will be our portion and our strength. So for far too long, people have equated material blessings with the blessings of God. God does use material blessings to bless his children. Amen. We're grateful for that. But for those who live for him, know that love, his love for us is greater than any of the material blessings that we can receive from him. We don't serve a house. We don't serve money. We don't serve a job. And since we don't get our worth from these things either, God uses these things, but he doesn't have to and oftentimes his love can come from a word that someone gives you a look that somebody gives you or it can come from a sunset or seeing a deer or a rainbow or a thunderstorm whatever it may be for you god can show his love in these things and when we look at these verses here in matthew it is tempting to live into what is known as a prosperity gospel to give up everything and live as poor as possible so that we don't serve money or material possessions. I will say this, that is better for you. If those are the things that you serve, it's better for you to give up everything. But if you use them for his glory, um, that's okay. So for some of us, God may be calling us to give up everything and follow him in that, in that same way. For most of us, this will not be the case. God will give us some things and he'll still say, follow me. And we... And, and what this scripture is saying that everything that we have is a gift that we get to use to serve Jesus with. If he gives us money, then we spend money and bless others to the glory of God and the good of God's people as Jesus will lead you. If you have two coats, you know what you get to do? When Jesus asks you to, you give one 
of them away. For what good is two coats when you have a, a neighbor in need as the spirit leads? If it is a vehicle, then you use the vehicle to the glory of God and ask how he might use it for you to serve Jesus. This is what God does. And if Jesus asks of us, you know what we get to do? Give it all up with joy. Because we know that in Jesus, we have our greatest treasure in following him. Since we are all slaves to Jesus and all that we might have will be used for his glory and his goodness in our lives and in the lives of others. We get to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we get to love with the love that God has lavished on us. He he has filled us up with so that we might be overflowing and in that overflow, give it away. If our treasure is stored in heaven, then you know what? It can never be taken for us. Amen. Like our stuff on earth can, right? Our cars could be stolen right now. Oh Lord, please don't let that happen. But Jesus can never take away, or this world can never take away the fact that we're in here worshiping Jesus. Amen. Since uh, these verses are telling us that our sole purpose in life, our only vision is to live like Jesus and do the will of the Father who is in heaven, holy is his name. We are here to do his will. And in doing so, we are laying up a true treasure for ourselves in heaven. Serving Jesus comes with a greater reward than a nice car or a nice house or a fat bank account. It's more, in the end, it'll be more serotonin than all the likes and hearts that you'll get online. We will be rewarded. Even if this isn't our motivation, we will get a reward. We do receive from Jesus for serving him. And the reward is not a payment as if it's something owed. It's a blessing that he gives to us. It's an over and above blessing from Jesus. You know why? Because he loves us and he just wants us to have good things. In this scripture, we are not to store up treasures for ourselves on earth. The reason for this is that whatever we store up here can be taken from us. Jesus wants our rewards to last. He wants them to last and he is showing us how they will last. And it's not by storing them up here on earth. It says where moth and rust destroy. This means our treasures can literally be gobbled up, right? A a moth eats its stuff, right? And so it can be eaten. You know what can be eaten? The stock market, the economy, The rising costs that we have can gobble up all our resources. It leaves the treasure in such a state that it is of no more use. No one who knows how to use it can use it because it's just simply gone. They can't even use it for ill-gotten gain because the treasure that we've stored up is gone here on earth. It also goes on to say that thieves break in and steal. The breaking in literally means that the walls of the house are dug through and all the possessions are taken out of it in an illicit way. The treasures that are stored up, that we store up, are used for someone else's purposes. It's out of our hands and it leaves us deprived of the goodness that we've stored up for it. And as followers of Jesus, we don't store up stuff in this way. Does that mean it's wrong to have savings? No, it doesn't mean that it's wrong to have savings. But if Jesus requires of it, you know what you do? Give it with joy. And as we live for Jesus, our lives are filled to overflowing without stuff. Stuff may be a blessing, 
But the blessing is deeper than that. I have, you guys all know this, I've recently been given a house for me and my family to live in. It is a wonderful material blessing. Unbelievable, in fact. And I am grateful for the object. But far more than that is the love that is shown to me and my family. By God and by our friends, by the people who hear about this. The care in which God sees and sends loving people to care about us is a beautiful reward, more beautiful than the house. The reward is not the house, as great as that is. The reward is walking in a deeper understanding of God's love for us. He used the material blessing to do this, but it's not even about the material blessing. The house could burn down or get broken into, both of which I pray never happen. But the love of God that he has shown us, it can never be taken away. Amen? And it proves to us that God will never leave us or forsake us. He, and that he moves in our lives and he, he does what he wants to do. And even in that, we get to follow. God's blessing doesn't have to come from a house or money. Right? At times it does. We are, as we are given a house to live in, we in turn give it right back to Jesus so that he might use it for his glory. The love will change us more than the house and it will last longer. Amen. And it cannot be stolen or taken or destroyed. God's love is rooted deep down, but not in possessions, but in the care for all of our needs. We need to see that as the scripture says, it says, for all things were created for, for in him, all things were created. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and all things are held together in him. That him being Jesus. And as Jesus is our everything. And this passage is getting or setting our vision in the right direction. It is setting our vision on Jesus and then keeping our gaze on him forevermore until we see him face to face. In all the leadership books I've ever you'd ever want to read, they say this, give people a vision they can get behind. And as followers of Jesus, you know what our vision is? Him, his life, his life for us, his life given to us. Our wealth is found in Jesus. Our vision is in Jesus and his way is our life. If he makes little of us, then that is good news because we know that he makes much of us in love. If we have much, that too is God's blessing. And that means we get to give away and be his blessing to others. Our vision is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of this will be added unto you. That doesn't mean cars and houses and stuff like that. It means the things that we need for the purpose that God has for us. And as we seek God, God will add the things that we need to do the work that he has for us on earth. As we lay up our, in, our treasures in heaven, our earthly needs will be provided for. Not everything we want is a need. Amen? Next week, we'll look at anxiety and hear that Jesus is trying to get us to see his ways and, and see how much he provides for us. That is, if we follow him, the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace, his ways are better 
Amen. His life is better, better than gold and silver, better than friends and family, better than houses and cars. And if, if we have these things, they are a gift of God's grace, but the giver is far better than the gift. It is not wrong to have material blessings, as some might teach. Not one bit, actually. What is wrong is when they are a treasure for us over against the work that God has for us. If God calls you to use the blessing that you have, then you do it with joy. That's what we get to do. We use the wisdom that God has given us, but also we know that sometimes that his ways, uh, his wise ways look foolish in this world. But we do it anyway. All throughout scripture, there are wealthy people that use their wealth for the advancement of God's kingdom. Paul, the great missionary, his journeys were in part financed, his, financed by his work in tent making. That's true. But you know what else? By generous donations from saints and churches. Same with Peter. Same with James, the brother of Jesus. Same with John. The apostle, the apostle that Jesus loved. Same with John. God can use the wealth of nations or individuals to provide for his people. He knows that we need money. He knows that we need what we need before we even need it. But he doesn't want us to worry about where it's coming from or even if we're going to have what we need because he says he's going to provide for it. That is his work. Our work is to be obedient, to seek first the kingdom of God, to whom have I in heaven but you. And God will bankroll his will in our life. I have a friend who came up to me years and years ago. And he asked me, he said, do you think I should go into full-time ministry or do you think I should make money and finance folks who do? This was his prayer. This was his question. And so through much prayer and consideration, he decided to double down on business and make money. And he has. By all accounts, he has done well and he is increasingly doing better. He is wise with his investments and where his money goes. However, he has also kept before him the desire to be generous and to be a benefit to others. He has never lost the vision that Jesus has placed on his heart to grow his wealth so that he might uh, grow in his ability to bless in Jesus' name. I would say from the outside, it could look like my friend serves work or money, but if you were to know, if you were to know his desires and his motivations, that core thing that roots him, even though it has had many benefits for his family, his heart and his vision are set on Jesus. And his work in and throughout his life are set on Jesus. He's not serving two masters, but serving what he believes that Jesus has put on his heart, and he's done this with his whole heart. He's dedicated his life to it. So in one sense, as he dedicated his life to making money, you could think that, but he's dedicated his life to giving it away and being a blessing. This is the idea. Our treasure is not on earth. By the way, when God gives you money, you know what? It's not our money. It's his. Our vision isn't to go out there and get it, whatever the it is. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. As followers of Jesus, it's not Jesus plus money. It's not Jesus plus fame. 
It's not Jesus as long as he gives me money or fame or Jesus as long as he gives me what I'm asking for. It is Jesus at all costs and in every situation trusting that we can follow him. We are to be all in with his way for our life. It is all in for his grace and forgiveness for us. Jesus knew that his earthly life was of little account so that he might gain uh, in following his father's will for him. If he is asked, then Jesus in turn asks us to follow him. And as we do, it might cost us everything like it cost Jesus everything. Jesus was homeless. He didn't have a place to lay his head. And yet it was always provided for. Jesus was publicly questioned and mocked. Jesus was misunderstood, marveled at at times. Oh my God, who is this? Could this be the Messiah? And, it, and then at other times, they wanted to stone him and kill him and run him out of the city. Jesus was plotted against and denied to his face even in the midst of miracles and loving acts. And all of this is before his greatest display of love, laying down his life for us. And then even as Jesus lays down his life for us, you know what he calls us? I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. This is a Jesus work. Jesus counted the cost. And a part of his reward is you and me. As we give our hearts and our lives to Jesus. He laid down his life for us on a cross. He was put on display for all to see. Jesus knew what he was doing and he was obedient to the point of death. No man can serve two masters and he showed us that on in the high priestly prayer in in john chapter 17 and jesus said father not my will but yours be done jesus was not serving himself or the things that he wanted he laid down his will before god the father and he went willingly to the cross with uh, the will that the father had set before him and you know what jesus did he was beat he was mocked he was flogged crown of thorns put on his head. Jesus died on the cross and he was buried. And praise be to Jesus, he rose again. And in doing so, he takes all the ways that we mess up, all our sin, all the things that we don't do right, and he exchanges it for his goodness and his right acts. Jesus considered the reward of grace for you and me. And it was a joy for him to offer us this true and amazing gift. Amen. He has offered what he was offered, what appeared to be so much more in his temptations. And yet, you know what he did? He denied it because uh, God asked him to. And so, and because God so loved the world, he gave us his one and only son and that being Jesus. I love the original name for Christian. It was called the way wasn't called Christian because we are followers of the way. And when he said the way, it was the way that God had for us, the way of Jesus. And we get to walk in that same way. We get to follow the way of Jesus wholeheartedly. No holding us back. Singularity of purpose on this way. Nothing can stand in our way. Nothing is more important. No master other than Christ. No matter if, it, if much is made of us, no matter if everything is taken from us, we follow the way, the truth, and the life. 
Whom have we in heaven besides Jesus? I'm going to give you the answer. Nothing. Nothing. Jesus is our everything. Our hearts and our flesh may fail. Those around us may fail. But Jesus is still our portion and our lot in life. The Lord's Prayer started by saying that we need to give to the needy. And in this, we count our money and material blessings as gifts to be used by God. He comes out of the prayer saying the same thing. He will give us our daily bread and we will continue to see that what that we need not to worry about the things as long as we are seeking first the way of Jesus and his kingdom in and through our lives. I pray that you will join me in seeking first the kingdom of God. Join me as we attempt to lay down all that we have stored up for ourselves and give it all to Jesus that we might follow him, counting all costs. So Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come into our lives and fill us up. Fill us with your hope and peace and love as we reflected on those during Advent. Let us live for you and you alone. Come set our hearts, our minds, our wallets, our ambitions, our material blessings. Please set them before you. And Jesus, let us walk in your way for us. I pray that our eyes may be filled with your light. Lord, I pray that we don't serve two masters. I pray that our heart will be where our treasure is and our heart will be with you. And that's where our rewards will be. So Jesus, please do this. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.